Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The following program is a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com to learn more about this and our other weekly storytelling programs and become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Good evening. I'm storyteller Otis Gyre, and I ain't your grandfather. From where I'm from, we don't do bedtime stories. And if that's what you were expecting, you're in the wrong place. If it's terrifying tales you're after, well then, I've got just the thing. Get comfortable, settle in, turn off the lights, if you dare. Your night is about to get a whole lot darker. (laughs) Who needs sleep anyway? Good evening, you're listening to Scary Stories Told in the Dark. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 8. I'm your host, Otis Jiry. In tonight's episode, I'll be performing four stories for you about ruinous rituals, diabolical disabilities, residual repercussions, and small-town terrors. You're listening to the standard edition of tonight's program, which contains the first two terrifying tales. If you'd like to show your support and enjoy an extended version of this and other episodes with twice the terror, visit simplyscarypodcast.com 
and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up today. Thank you for your support. Now it's time to take a walk together down the moonlit trail. So lock your doors, turn your lights down low, and settle in. The show is about to begin. <laughs> Our first tale tonight from author Christopher Maxim endeavors to show us why you should never stick your nose where it doesn't belong, or try and hack the afterlife. Without further ado, I present to you, never use cheat codes on an Ouija board. In my hometown, there's a unique shop of oddities called Hexworks that I frequent. It's an old-world boutique that specializes in niche products that I'd describe as being vintage-style with a modern spin. Their items include cloaks, pocket watches, lapels, bizarre art prints, lavish jewelry, and Victorian home decor, uh, among other curiosities. Let's just say it's a great place to visit if you're ever putting together a steampunk cosplay. Hexworks is, without a doubt, my favorite place to window shop, but I rarely leave with anything. The prices are high, rightfully so, and though I love the selection, I can't really say I need anything they have to offer. It would be different if I were a convention-goer or financially stable enough to justify such luxury purchases. But alas, uh, I'm neither. Instead, I relax in the shop's tranquil atmosphere and drum up business for them whenever I get the chance to talk about the place. It's a mutually beneficial relationship. One day, however, a new product arrived at Hex, one that I couldn't help but gush over. There, sitting on an easel behind the storefront window, was a large, handmade, one-of-a-kind Ouija board. The woodwork was beautiful and the text was striking. It was crafted so elegantly that I couldn't help but be captivated by it. I had to know where it came from and how much it was going for. Curious as ever, I made my way into the shop, walked right up to the owner and inquired about the board's origins. He told me it was a new piece sent to the shop by a friend of a friend who had inherited it from a relative. It was an heirloom that had been in this person's family for many years, passed down from generation to generation. Too spooked by the board to continue the tradition, the man donated it to Hexworks. The more the owner and I talked about it, the more I wanted the board for myself. I was never big on the occult or the paranormal, but it was too beautiful a piece to pass up. It was something I wanted for no other reason than to say I owned it. It would be a conversation starter and an item I would proudly show off to my friends and family. The downside? The owner wanted 500 bucks for it. After much private deliberation and further conversation with the owner, we came to an agreement. He would put the Ouija board aside for me, and I would make weekly payments until it was paid off. He even offered me a slight friends and family discount for being a regular at the shop. After all was said and done, I ended up paying 432 bucks. It was still a hefty price tag, but 
I was grateful for the compromise and gladly agreed to the conditions. A grueling nine weeks later, I was the proud owner of my very own spirit board. It came in an equally well-crafted wooden chest, upon which the word Ouija was etched, along with what was presumably the year it was made, 1913. Upon opening it up at home, I noticed a few extras that came with it. Inside the chest, alongside the board, were an ivory planchette, an empty picture frame, and a small, faded pamphlet titled User's Manual. The pamphlet's contents consisted of diagrams and instructions over-explaining the use of the board. It more or less boiled down to place your hands on the planchette and wait for it to move. What I found peculiar was a section toward the back uh, of the manual with a heading that read Cheat Sheet. It went something like this. Want a simpler way to see your loved ones in the afterlife? Fear not. We have just the solution. Introducing the Ouija board cheat sheet. With this easy-to-follow guide, you'll be able to see those bereaved from you and know that they're okay. Simply follow these instructions. 1. Place the frame included in your kit directly in front of the board in an upright position. Choose one of the following 29-character sequences and place your planchette over the letters and numbers accordingly. The year in which your chosen loved one was born is represented by the four question marks at the start of the sequence. The year in which they passed is represented by the four question marks at the end. These instructions were followed by the aforementioned sequences. It looked like gibberish to me, Random combinations of uppercase letters and numbers preceded and followed by question marks. I didn't know what to make of it. I continued reading. 3. Be sure to visualize the person in your mind as you move the planchette across the board. If done correctly, a still image of your loved one should appear within the frame, however briefly. Disclaimer. This is not a precise science, and results may vary. Each string of characters works differently, depending on the person, the time of day, and the area in which you are located relative to the spirit realm. If one sequence doesn't work, fret not. You can always try another. And please bear in mind this is a one-way window. Your loved one will not be able to communicate with you when their image surfaces. Any attempt to speak with them will be met with silence. Enjoy. I chuckled at what was clearly an attempt at humor by the maker of the board. Distasteful, perhaps, but it was certainly comical. Imagine that. Entering a code into an Ouija board and receiving a snapshot from the other side. How ridiculous. Still, something about the Ouija board cheat sheet irked me. Was the picture frame's only purpose to accompany the joke? Shouldn't the manual have clarified this a little further? And who exactly was the joke meant for, anyway? This board was one of a kind, more than likely commissioned by its original owner. Was such a beautifully crafted piece really meant to be nothing more than a gag gift? Having a gag myself, I set the thing up, frame and all.
whether it was out of boredom or desire, to prove to myself that the cheat sheet really was a load of malarkey, I decided to follow the instructions to a T. I grabbed a beer, chose a character sequence, and recalled the birth, death dates of my favorite family pet, Scratches. All dogs go to heaven, right? After placing the planchette over the corresponding characters, I looked up at the frame. Behind the glass, I swear, I saw a milky white fog manifest. No image, just cloudy particles dancing like dust brushed off an old book. To make sure I wasn't seeing things, I repeated the process, and to my surprise it happened again and again. With each subsequent use, the smoky substance grew in visibility. It was still faint, but entirely noticeable. Several theories swam around my brain, many of which sunk into the abyss of my collective thoughts. One, however, kept coming up for air. It was silly, but I kept considering the possibility that maybe... Just maybe the cheat sheet was legitimate. Crazy, I know, but the prospects of having a truly supernatural artifact were exciting, even if there was a rational explanation for what I'd seen. I was at least going to have some fun playing around with the thing. And so I took off. I called up my parents and collected the dates of various relatives who'd passed away. I told them I was going to do an Ancestry.com thing to learn more about my heritage. Deceptive, yes, but they wouldn't have been so understanding if I told them I was dabbling in the dark arts. After gathering the information I needed, I reclaimed my seat in front of the board. I'd had a few more beers by this point, so my motor skills were not exactly in perfect working order. Because of this... I screwed up the first sequence. Using my great-aunt Linda's birth and death years, I entered the code precisely except for the O. I accidentally placed the planchette over the O in the Ouija logo at the top of the board. What happened next was surprising. I noticed my mistake and expected the frame to remain dormant, but this was not the case. To my astonishment... A clear image came into focus behind the glass. What I saw was the outline of a structure sewn into a white, foggy backdrop. And as quickly as it came, the image faded out of view, leaving me baffled. What was I seeing exactly? A building in the afterlife? Is that where buildings went upon being demolished? Or was the next world industrialized, much like Earth? Fascinated by the idea of having a peek into heaven's inner workings, I fudged up some more sequences. I plugged in random years, past, present, and future, and made up my own codes. There was no rhyme or reason to my methods. I was basically punching in random combinations just to see what would happen. I was rewarded with little results. Only a couple of my codes worked, and the images that came about were too blurry to make out any discernible features. Despite mostly failing in my endeavors, I kept at it. Sequence after sequence, I continued to move the planchette across the wood. I grew tired, but my curiosity far outweighed my eyelids. 
Toward the wee hours of the early morning, I struck gold. One of my made-up codes worked, giving me a proper glimpse into what comes after. As clear as day, I saw a bustling street, filled with what I assumed were souls of the departed. In addition to people, there were cars, buildings, and traffic signs, the likes of which I'd never seen. It was similar to earth scenery, but significantly different. Surrounded by a flood of light and white fog, the landscape felt altogether more peaceful, for lack of a better description. It's something I look forward to being a part of, in the distant future, of course. I was satisfied with my find, but I couldn't stop there. Using different variations of the same sequence, I pressed on. To my delight, I was greeted with more and more images of the afterlife, all of which bore great clarity, allowing me to see even the finest of details. Here are some of the things I saw. Skyscrapers far taller than earthly counterparts, transparent bridges connecting various parts of the heavenly community, bioluminescent trees and wildlife, mostly scattered about, but I did find one large forest, glimmering pools of water around every corner, strange weather patterns. Every now and again I'd see clouds, but they were always changing color from image to image. With every sequence, I find something new and unusual on the other side. I was an explorer of sorts, discovering vast sections of land in uncharted territory. This was now my hobby of choice. Unfortunately for me, it was one that wouldn't last. In an attempt to take things a bit further, I grabbed a camera, a pencil, and paper. I would record my findings and write down points of interest. I was, more or less, setting out to make a map of heaven. It would be a tough project, but one I would most certainly enjoy. Now, by this point, it was around 8 o'clock in the morning. I'd been at it about 9 hours straight, and I was more than ready to take a break and catch some shut-eye. I decided it would be best to start my cartography project after a quick nap, but I wanted to try one more sequence before going to bed. I made up another variation of the jackpot code and entered it into the Ouija board. I then watched with bated breath as the familiar white particles came together like puzzle pieces to form another heavenly landscape. The anticipation was torture. I felt like an addict biding my time as I waited for the heroin to take effect. I might have been a little obsessed, but at least the way I got my kicks was harmless. Or so I thought. Just as I was about to receive my fix, something strange happened. The pieces of the image swirled around at high speed before revealing a blank, dark background. White letters then faded into view, creating a very clear message. Stop. Perplexed, I tried another sequence, and another, and another. Each time I was greeted with the same word. I even tried older codes that I knew worked, but to no avail. For a whole hour, I tried and I tried, begging the board to work again, 
to restore its supernatural properties. Eventually, I got one code to work, but not in the way that I'd hoped. Upon using the code, old images resurfaced, recycling backwards like slides on a projector. In every one of them, something was amiss. It was distant at first, but as the frame cycled through the images, it came clearer and closer to the forefront. It appeared to be some sort of shadowy figure, pitch black and faceless, like a black cloak suspended in the shape of a person. Within a few moments, things took a turn for the worst. The darkness stayed, but the scenery changed from the afterlife to this life. I saw still frames of my family and friends here on Earth, the shadowy figure always looming behind them. I helplessly watched as it crept up on them, inching closer and closer to contact. I was horrified. Before the figure could reach out and touch one of my loved ones, the slideshow ceased. For a moment, the frame was empty, void of the horrors that once danced behind its glass. I was granted a breather, but not for long. After a moment or two, one last image filled the frame. It was me, sitting in front of the Yuiji board, just as I was then. I might as well have been staring at a reflection. Standing directly behind me, however, was the shadowy figure. It reached down and touched the back of my neck. I felt its cold fingers slide across my skin. Breaking free of my initial shock, I jumped up and ran for the door. I left my house tired and terrified. I didn't return until the following day. After everything that's happened, I can only guess that I pissed off some angelic being upstairs by poking around its home. I saw things I never should have been able to see and overstayed my welcome, breaking some sort of divine law in the process. I've since disposed of the board, but my experiences stayed with me. I'm always looking over my shoulder and constantly checking on my family and friends to make sure they're okay. So far, so good. Though I'm alive, I can't help but feel I'm closer to death than I've ever been. Yesterday, I almost walked into oncoming traffic. A passerby had to pull me back. This morning, I felt the elevator at my work wobble a bit, and I swear it was about to fall. Maybe it's paranoia. Maybe I'm just shaken over what I saw and felt. No matter what's going on, I'm going to play it safe from here on out. The moral of the story? Don't mess around with the Ouija boards. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. 
If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. I hope you enjoyed Never Use Cheat Codes on an Ouija Board by author Christopher Maxson. If you enjoyed the tale you've just heard, I'd like to ask you to consider helping the author out during a difficult time in his life. On our last few episodes, we've featured nearly a dozen of Christopher Maxim's tales, generously provided for our entertainment, and put out a call for assistance. Chris has found it difficult to make ends meet and afford the treatment he needs to improve his health during the ongoing pandemic, thanks to a serious medical condition that's left him immunocompromised and quarantined indefinitely. Tonight, I'd like to ask you to consider helping him afford the care he needs via either a direct donation or by purchasing his books on Amazon.com. Every little bit helps and would mean a lot to all of us. We've set up an author profile for Chris on our website at simplyscarypodcast.com slash maxim, spelled M-A-X-I-M. On that page, you'll find links to Chris's Amazon page, as well as an assortment of his featured books. You'll also find a donation link that will allow you to show your appreciation by contributing a few dollars to him directly. Just look for the donation link on his social media links at the top of the page. From Chris, me, and everyone on our team, thanks again for your support of the writers that helped make this show possible. Up next, we've got another Tale of Terror, a Chilling Tales for Dark Nights exclusive from author Irving Crane. In it, we'll meet a gentleman who believes he's met the woman of his dreams, and he just can't live without her. Literally. Without further ado, I present to you Blinding Lights. The day was bright. Las Vegas sun blistering, making me feel blinded just being outside. The ring of the gas station bell goes off as my eyes search feverishly for the coolers, the craving for something cold to drink overriding everything else going on about me. I nearly groan when I spot the drinks, 
my feet carrying me before I can know what I'm doing, and I sigh when I feel the cool refrigerator air hit my sweaty hot skin. Probably not the best day to go for a five-mile run. It's not until I have a bottle of water in my hand, already opened, and halfway drunk that I register her. She's petite, maybe a few inches above five feet, with an athletic yet curvy body that makes me nearly choke in the water still in my mouth. Her face is what's truly stunning, though. Heart-shaped with eyes as blue as the ocean, framed in dark lashes that match the long, straight, midnight black hair cascading down her back. Unfortunately for me, though, her eyes show she isn't as taken with me as I am with her. Uh, Do you intend to pay for that, or are we going to have a problem? Her voice, feminine yet strong, utters out with obvious annoyance and a slight northern accent I can't place. I have the grace to be embarrassed, which the girl must realize because her shoulders relax a fraction. Look, I know it's hot as balls outside, but you should really pay for something first before you put your mouth all over it. I intended to say something prominent, or at least redeem myself for my actions, but what comes out of my cursed mouth is, you must be new here. The woman raises her eyebrows at my comment, but doesn't seem surprised by my assumption. What gave that away, my accent? She says, her mouth quirking up slightly. Okay, it's not a smile, but I can work with a smirk. I'm usually good with women, can make them laugh, and I never am hurting for dates when I want them. But it seems this woman is different, because... Instead of saying something cool and charming, I blurt out the truth. I visit this place a lot. I would have noticed you. This time, my words do surprise her, and her face flushes. Going for the kill, huh? She asks, her voice low and unsure. Shaking her head, she points to the register. Just the water for today? I study her face, seeing the pebbles of sweat falling down her face, and remember the owner telling me that the A.C. broke a few days ago. I figured he would have had it fixed by now, but I'm guessing not. Turning around, I grab another bottle of water and head for the register, where the girl has already rung up one of the waters. Uh, Can you add another one? She doesn't look up at me, but her cheeks redden when I approach, which I find oddly hypnotizing and wonder if I'm making her flush such beautiful color. Turn my head down so she doesn't see my stupid boy's grin. Anything else? She asks me, and I hesitate. Oh, no. She mutters, eyeing me warily. What? I ask. She points at me. You're going to ask me out. You should quit this job because... It seems you have a knack to become a medium. I tease, and to my surprise and delight, she laughs. I shrug my shoulders, smiling wide enough that I know my dimple is showing. I'd love to take you out on a date, but would respect it if you said no. I know asking a beautiful girl out while she's working isn't the most tactful move, but I'm smitten, which 
can I say? The girl laughs. You don't even know my name. I reach over the counter and offer my hand. My name's Calvin. She rolls her eyes but shakes my hand regardless. Hello, Calvin. The water snatcher. My name's Denise. See? We know each other's names. We're practically friends now. I offer her the water with a slight bow, enjoying the sound of her unexpected chuckle. For you, my lady. I also would request your hand in... a date. I finish my sentence lamely, making her laugh again, but I don't think she's laughing with me, but at me. Either way, a laugh is still a victory, right? You're not going to let this drop, huh? She sighs, but she's smiling. Fine, one date, and that's only because you brought me water. But I have one exception. Anything, I grin. Denise smirks. You don't pick me up in my place. I get to be the prince and pick you up, Cinderella. Deal, I say before she can change her mind. She's sputtering, trying to take back her words, as I write my name, number, and house address on a napkin on the counter. Thank you for your time. Pick me up tomorrow, say six-ish. And then I leave before she can utter another word with a smile on my face. Denise texts me a couple hours later to confirm our date for tomorrow. I grin when I read the text, feeling utterly smitten even though I just met her, but before I can go to my fridge to grab a beer to celebrate, my head begins to throb with what feels like the beginning of a headache. It's not long before I'm feeling pressure against my eyes as well, and I stumble into my kitchen reaching for a bottle of aspirin instead of the beer I originally wanted. Swallowing the pills down takes longer than expected when the once almost gentle pressure against my eyes intensifies making it difficult, if not impossible, to open my eyes. And when I do, two beams of light radiate out of my body through my eyes. Gripping the sink almost to a point of pain, I watch as the light begins to burn brighter and brighter out of my eyes. And the pain? The pain's almost unbearable. And I have to breathe very hard through my nose to keep from passing out, from both the nauseous and uh, agony pressing up against my eyes. When I was a boy, I accidentally stabbed myself in the leg with a knife. But this feels as if thousands of knives are being forcibly pushed up against my eyes to get out of my head no matter how I try to close my eyes to block out the pain, the throbbing doesn't dim. I walk away from the mirror, unable to stomach looking at my eyes, beam that eerie light and trip over something in the living room. My vision is still there, but blurry as hell. The light seems to not be blinding me yet, but has little black dots appearing across my vision, almost as if I'd been out in the sun too long. Before the black dots get worse, I grab my phone and dial my sister, putting her on video call. You see it? I nearly whisper when she answers. Um, see what, bro? She questions, sounding worried. All I see is your goofy-ass face. 
And why are your eyes so unfocused? She pauses when I don't say anything. Are you okay? Do you need me to come over? So you don't see it? I question again. See what, Galvin? The light. The light coming out of my eyes. I nearly whimper with the pang of pain that hits me suddenly. She doesn't say anything for a moment, and I think she hung up until she chuckles. Uh, it's a little too early to prank me in a day, isn't it? I stare at the phone the best I can, confused by her words. I'm looking at myself in the video. I see the light. How can't I? It's so bright, yet she doesn't seem to see what I see. I'm not kidding, sis. Then I think you need some rest. When was the last time you had a full eight hours of rest? When I don't respond, unable to remember the last time, considering I'm a manager at my current job and have been working nonstop, my sister hums knowingly. You're just tired. Get some sleep. But my eyes are burning. Like, I feel like they're on fire. You're tired, she repeats. And although I still feel the pain and still see the light through the black spots in my vision, I nod my head, not knowing what to say or how to convince someone who can't see something that it's there. Get some rest, bro, and call me tomorrow morning. She ends the call and I close my eyes, but the light is still there. Even behind my eyelids in the pain, it's getting worse. I try to get to my feet, but the pain is too much for me to handle. Getting worse by the minute, so I end up knocking out from the pain alone on the ground. No, not alone. The light stays with me, blinding me slowly from the inside out. I wake to my head, pounding, as if somebody was knocking against my skull. But for a moment I realize that someone is actually knocking. Getting to my feet... I fight through the fogginess of sleep and remember why I was sleeping on the floor. My eyes open wide when I remember the light, but oddly enough, there's no light coming from my eyes any longer. My hand rises to my eyes without me giving it much thought, and I realize with a start that the light might be gone, but the black spots are still there, though the spots aren't as bad as ours before. So Debbie was probably right about me being overworked. Another round of knocks comes at the door, and I finally jump with surprise when I see Denise on the other side of the door, frowning as if she's been waiting long. Oh, fuck. The date. What day is it? I've been knocking for nearly ten minutes, Denise says as soon as the door is open. Glancing at me up and down, she frowns, concern showing on her face. We still dressed in the same clothes as yesterday. Really pale. Are you feeling okay? I go to nod my head, but wince when I feel the beginnings of a migraine setting in. I'm not sick, but I'm not feeling 100% either. I saw... I stopped talking, knowing that admitting to Denise that I saw bright light coming out from behind my eyes, a light I'm not even sure was real or a result of physical and heat exhaustion from the day before, would put the end of us before we even started. I saw some spots in my vision yesterday. I think I'm suffering from heat exhaustion. Denise nods her head. Her eyes were sympathetic. 
And the heat wave has been pretty bad, especially yesterday. You want to reschedule our date? Panic runs through me. A panic I don't fully understand. And my hand reaches out to take hers before she can turn around. I know we just met. But can we add her in and just watch a movie? Just watching a movie and eating? I had that last part. When I see the uneasiness in her eyes. I just don't trust myself to drive home. If we went out with the way my vision is. And I'm worried about passing out again while we're out. Rub the back of my head, feeling unsure. Denise seems to think over my respect before she inclines her head. Just a movie, though. No funny business. Or I'll destroy your family, Jules. Despite the lingering pain, I smile. <laughs> Deal. If I discount the throbbing that still plagues me and the black dots in my vision that gets better the longer the evening stretches... The night's a success. Denise and I watch a couple movies, making fun of the actors as we dig into some Chinese takeout, and even play a few rounds of Battleship. I can't remember laughing as hard as I have tonight, but all too soon, Denise is grabbing her purse to leave for the night. My stomach is twisting with nerves, not wanting her to leave, and I almost beg her to stay before I realize how stupid a request that'd be. It's crazy, I know, but this woman brings me a comfort that I've never experienced before, and I want her to spend as much time with her as possible. Plus, when I'm around her, I can almost discount the light I saw and chalk it up all to being exhausted the day before. Until next time, Denise whispers, pressing a soft kiss to my cheek, squeezing my hand with one of hers. Maybe we can see each other again? Now nod my head, trying to smile past the uneasiness of her leaving. I'll call you. I press my hand at the door, listening as she gets into her car, and drives away from my house until I can't hear it anymore. She's gone, but the light is back. And this time, the pain is crippling. I fall to my knees in a scream that must rock the neighborhood. I whimper as the pain from yesterday worsens, Instead of knives stabbing into my eyes, it feels like they're being stabbed with fire repeatedly and mercilessly. I start talking to myself, begging my eyes to give me some relief, begging for mercy, and eventually I beg for death. Because nothing, nothing can compare to the hell I'm in, and nothing can compare to the absolute terror I feel that overshadows the pain momentarily when I realize that more black spots are appearing across my vision, as if I'm losing my sight. I passed out yesterday from the pain, but this time, sleep eludes me. Hi again, stranger. Denise sings when I walk into the gas station. Too excited for our date tonight? Just had to come see me? Uh, I'm going through withdrawals. I force a smile, trying to hide the agonizing pain I'm feeling. Glad I remembered to take my sunglasses so she wouldn't notice that I haven't been sleeping for the last two days. My life has been a living hell, where pain is my new permanent friend. A hell where I have to hear doctor after doctor tell me there's no light coming out of my eyes, and my friends and family all whisper their concerns while they, not so secretly, Discuss instituting me until I lie 
until it was all a joke. A hell where I have to teach myself to walk blindly due to the light damaging my eyes. Where are we going tonight? Denise asks with excitement. Um, I look down, unable to face her direction, even behind sunglasses. And even if I did, I would not be able to see her anyway. I thought we could stay in again and watch a movie. Maybe order a pizza? Oh. I don't miss the disappointment I hear in her voice. I thought, we've been staying in for the two weeks. So maybe we can go out and see a movie? Maybe grab a drink? I'm sorry. I blow out a breath. I want to go out and have fun, but I've been struggling with sleep lately. I know, Denise says playfully. You've been falling asleep on me almost every time I come over, and we watch a movie. She pauses, and I can almost hear her frown. I don't mind staying in, but I feel as if there's something you're not telling me. I avert my gaze again, even though I can't see her. There are many things I'm not telling her. The light is the biggest one. But I can't tell her that. It feels as if I'm drowning in the night every time she leaves me. I can't tell her about the light unseen by others that feels so hot and bright, yet leaves me blind to everything around me. No, not blind to everything, because there's her. With her, I'm not blinded by the light. With her, just the feel of her touch, I can finally find peace and sleep. But if I told her this, she'd run, realizing how obsessed I am with her. She's like a drug. The only thing that can stop the pain and suffering, both physically and emotionally. She's mine, but I have to show her this. I will show her this, and then she'll have to stay with me. Forever. 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 Uh, are you okay? Denise mutters, and I realize I've been mumbling the word forever again and again. Exhaustion has really started to settle in, and I'm losing it, I know I am, but I cannot stop the madness nonetheless. I turn my gaze on her, and something on my face has her stepping away from me. I can hear the hurried, clunky thumps coming from her boots over the roaring of my rapid heartbeat. Clearing her throat, she says, I have to head back to work. I'll text you, okay? You uh, you should go get some sleep, Calvin. Before I can beg her not to move away from me, she's hurrying across the store. Shaking my head, I head to my car, slowly since I can't see, and I have to use muscle memory to keep from running into the displays and do exactly what I told myself I'd stop doing two days ago, doing what I know is wrong. But I can't stop myself from doing it anyway. I sit in my car and stay in the parking lot, trying to be as near to her as possible. When I'm this far away from her, the pain's still bad, but not as unbearable as it is when I'm across town from her. All too soon, the healing effect she has on me leaves, and all I'm left with is the pain. My eyes are burning from the inside out, as if someone is sticking a torch through my eyes and into my head. As I curl in my reclined car seat, rocketing slightly to myself back and forth, 
I feel utterly cold and empty, as so I write out the worst pain imaginable. My mind goes toward the only relief I know I can get. Her. She's my salvation. She's the answer to every prayer I've prayed the last week. She's everything. A knock comes at my window sometime later, and I know, from the dispelling pain, it's her. I stare up into her face, even though I can't see it physically, and I reach out the window to touch her face lightly as my mind screams at me tiredly that this is wrong. But I ignore it as I enjoy the moment, the brief moment, of absolute relief. Closing my eyes, I say, My salvation. My words sound drunk from lack of sleep, but I keep going. I know you'll come for me. She's gone before I can open my eyes back up again. Then the pain rises in me again. I call Denise for what feels like the millionth time today, after being driven to both her job and apartment without finding her, but I'm sent to voicemail again. I take a deep breath and smile through the pain, the light no longer scaring me, but encouraging me to claim Denise as my own. Denise, I'm sorry for calling again, but when I'm like this... I pause, my voice trembling with need, possessiveness and longing. You're the one I trust. You're the only one who will believe me. The only one that can make the light go away. You're perfect. Mine. My words end in a sob, and even through my sleep-deprived brain, I can hear how insane and mental I am, slurring my words like I'm on drugs. But I know she doesn't mind. I know she loves me. I know we're meant to be together, and if anything, this maddening situation has opened my eyes to what's right in front of me. I love you. I need you. Please, call me back. Almost as soon as I hang up the phone, I get a call. Denise? I answer, hand shaking when I hear her breathing on the other end, but no voice. I instantly know it's her. Baby, I've been trying to call you all day. You're scaring me. Denise says, her voice shaking hard. You left me over 50 voicemails, all of which I've stopped listening to after hearing the first three, and I know you're following me. My neighbors told me about a white car that's always parked outside our apartment complex and a man who's always hanging outside my door. What the fuck, Calvin? How long have you been following me? I'm sorry. I say, sighing into the phone, so tired. The pain barely registers in my brain. But the darkness, that never goes away. Even when I hang outside her place all day. I contemplate whether the blindness is permanent, but push the thought aside quickly, not wanting to even think of it. I'm so sorry, Denise. Why are you doing this to me? I thought... She chokes on a sob. I thought we had something. But now, now you're scaring me and I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I hear the confusion in her tone and feel bad at the pain I'm causing her. I'm sorry. I whisper, meaning the words. I'm just 
so fucked up in the head I can't sleep and then I paused but knowing that she only heard the first few voicemails that didn't go into detail about the light right away decided not to mention the light maybe if I didn't she'll give me another chance and save me it feels as if I'm slowly losing my mind with the lack of sleep when you're with me I don't have a hard time sleeping so that's why I wait outside your home. If I'm outside your door, I can almost get to sleep, knowing you're there in case something happens to me. Denise is silent for a long time, but when she speaks, I hear the concern. You still can't sleep at night? Her voice is small, but reminds me of when we first started dating, and she stayed over multiple times to make sure I slept. She was always worried about my insomnia, and I should have told her before about the pain and the light, but I'll make things right now, so we can get back to the way things used to be. Have you been to the doctors? I sigh. They gave me pills, but it can't seem to make the anxiety go away and just sleep. That's why you waited outside my door? Denise asks. You already were on no sleep and just wanted some peace. Yes. I say my voice nearly choking up because she understands now how much I need her. You could have just told me, Calvin. But now, now everything's a mess and I'm scared of you. Can we talk? I say into the phone, seeing my face. Face to face, I mean. I'll tell you everything about why I can't sleep and how sorry I am that I scared you. I hurt you and I... I want to make up for it, even if it's just buying you takeout and apologizing to your face. She doesn't say anything and a wave of desperation hits me. Please, I beg. You can leave at any time, but I need to make amends. I need to explain myself, even if it doesn't excuse my behavior. I hear Denise let out a breath. Okay, but I'm not staying the night, Calvin. I'll give you ten minutes. After that, you're going to have to let me go. Before I can answer, she hangs up. I swallow hard, thinking over her threat to end things, but vow to myself to not let that happen. Denise is mine. She's my darkness to combat the light. She'll save me. I know she will. I can see again. I mutter to myself as I stare at my hands for what feels like the first time. Ever since Denise and I patched things up, my sight has been coming back slowly but surely. When the doorbell rings, I grin, excited for the packages that were said to arrive today. Using my walking stick, black spot still in my vision, which makes it a bit difficult to maneuver around, I answer the door. The delivery man sees my walking stick and politely asks to bring in the ten or so packages, which I'm grateful. Are you just moving in? He jokes as he puts down the last package. My girlfriend's moving in. I admit, unable to hide a huge-ass grin on my face, just getting her a few things. She wants to redecorate a room to be her space. 
The delivery man snorts. <laughs> Sounds like my woman. Well, good luck, man. Thanks. Handing him a generous tip for being so cool and helping me with the packages. I wave goodbye before locking the door and heading downstairs where Denise is waiting for me. When I enter the basement, I make sure to take my time down the stairs, not wanting to fall. I see Denise sitting in a chair, and I smile at her. I bought you some things for your basement to make it more of your own. When she doesn't speak, her head tilted down, worry sits in. Is the rope too tight? No answer. Do you want me to change the channel? She does look at me then, with tears in her eyes. I want to go home. I check your ropes, making sure they're secure, but not hurting her before I grin and kiss her nose. Soon, when I gain my vision back fully, I'll release you. I can't look after you properly yet. Give me some time. I want to go home. Denise whispers, a small tear falling down her beautiful face slowly, and I kiss it away. Why are you doing this? Because... I can't see when you're gone. I whisper in despair my eyes, which are still throbbing with the probability that you'll leave and bring back the never-ending pain, beg for her to stay with me, love me. But all I see is disgust. You love me. You make the pain go away. I do not love you. She whispers back. I smile sadly. I know you think that now, but you'll adjust. I can make a nice life for us here. We'll be happy, in love. I'll provide anything you want. Make this basement your home, and you'll continue to fight the light for me. I place a sweet kiss on her cheek and smile when she shivers. She's starting to love me. I can feel it. It's a perfect life. Just you and me, forever. If you love me like you say you do, let me go. Her words are a plea, but they hold no hope. She's starting to realize our fate's sealed. It has been since we met, and the light nearly destroyed us, but ultimately brought us together. I know her eyes are dim now, not filled with the joy I once fell into. But my new eyes, eyes that are seeing for the first time, are almost whole after Denise moved into my home three days ago. Just let me go, Calvin. And I have more than enough joy to share until she gets used to living together. I kiss her forehead as I answer her. I can't ever let you go. She whimpers as I kiss her again, closing my eyes as I smile for the first time in weeks. Pain-free. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. 
but those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I hope you enjoyed Blinding Lights by author Irving Crane. I'd like to personally thank you for joining me for this episode of Scary Stories Told in the Dark. If you enjoyed what you've heard on today's program, please take a moment to stop by our iTunes page or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave us a five-star review and a kind word. It makes a huge difference and would mean a lot to us. If you'd like to hear a premium extended edition of tonight's and all of our other episodes featuring twice the terror, visit simplyscarypodcast.com today and click the patrons link in the menu at the top of the page. You'll find yourself at chillingtalesfordarknights.com where you can purchase season passes for this podcast and our other quality storytelling programs or become a patron for as little as $5 per month and get access to our entire audio archive dating back to 2012, all of it ad-free. If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights there, where you'll get all of our latest updates and new releases and have a chance to interact with us each and every week. You can subscribe to me on YouTube as well at the Otis Gyrie channel where you'll find releases of my series, Horror Storytime, dating back to 2014. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. Just search for Otis Gyrie. Until next week, stay spooky and get some sleep if you can. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Scary Stories Told in the Dark, a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcasts Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today to learn more about our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's program was hosted and its featured stories performed by yours truly, Otis Jiry. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respective authors. Original music provided by Luke Hodgkinson and Jesse Cornett. Sound design and final mixing and mastering provided by executive producer and director Craig Groshek. Program's artwork and logo by David Romero. If you're looking for some fresh tales on a daily basis while waiting for the next podcast, check out my YouTube channel, The Otis Jiry Channel, and my extensive collection of narrated tales there. Simply search on YouTube by my name, and you'll find me. And don't forget to subscribe and press the bell notification icon to get my latest releases. 
got a scary tale of your own that you'd like performed. I take submissions. Email it to me today at otis at simplyscarypodcast.com to have your terrifying tome considered for production in a future episode of this show. That's O-T-I-S at simplyscarypodcast.com. If you've enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, subscribe to us to be sure you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review and a comment. Your feedback means a lot to me. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and yours truly on Facebook to connect anytime and get the latest updates on this and other programs and my channel. If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button and the bell notification icon for CTFDN as well to get more spooky tales from me and the crew and another episode of this program each and every Wednesday. And don't forget to hit that thumbs up button to tell us how we're doing and leave a kind word or a request. And don't forget to visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and consider supporting the team by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to our audio archive and ad-free downloads of all your favorite stories, including those you've heard on this program. As for me, I'll be back next Wednesday with more terrifying tales to keep you up all night. But that's all right. Who needs sleep anyway? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.